At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Starting five here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly, brought to you by Window Nation. As always, the starting five with the biggest stories across all the sports starts with number five. Sam Howell, first preseason game, first game of any kind, since being named the week one starter for the Washington Commanders is tonight. I think it's kind of weird throwing a Monday night in the preseason because Monday night's all about making it feel like bigger, right? It's it's like a regular season game is cool. A Monday night game makes it feel like more of an event, makes it feel like more of a thing. The preseason is simultaneously like downplayed by everyone, right? You just want to come out healthy. You just want to come out uh, having learned a little bit, evaluated the back half of your roster, and, and you move on. And then you throw it on a Monday, and it's like, wait a second, this feels kind of big. You can win that Monday night preseason football game. It feels feels kind of important. That kind of feels like the preseason trophy right there. It, exactly. By the way, the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in 24 preseason games. There you go. just means more. I mean, they obviously care about it. Washington, uh, who was it, Sam Cosme, one of their offensive linemen, was guaranteed today that they're going to end the streak. Oh, so there's some trash talking involved a little bit. Again, it doesn't happen when it's not on a Monday. Come on now. When when it's a Monday preseason game, it matters. Now, now Sam Howell is, is in the very, very unenviable position of being in a big preseason game. That's an oxymoron, right? It's like Jumbo Shrimp, instant classic. A big preseason game, because preseason games are inherently small. You shouldn't care that much about them, but Monday night. So he has to go out there and play well enough because it's Monday and everybody's watching and it's a big deal. But also, if you don't play well, it's not a huge deal. It's it's a, a really weird uh, you know, web to weave needle to thread especially when you know you're gonna be the starter week one mm-hmm. Ron Rivera already had put a butt ton of pressure on you before naming you the starter and again it's the Washington Commanders their fans need something to cheer for it's actually maybe the first time like this might be the first time Sam Howell's playing in a preseason game without thinking his job is on the line Right now, obviously, if he goes out there and he throws, like, four passes and they're all interceptions, I'm sure Frank Reich will be like, we should reevaluate where we were with that whole starter thing. But up until now, it's been a quote-unquote competition, right? It's been open. They hadn't named a starter yet. So if he went out there and laid an egg, it may have been like, oh, you know what? Let's go with Jacoby. Yeah. Now, I don't believe it ever – or I don't believe it actually was that open of a conversation, but – he had to at least act like it or semi-believe it, right? Uh, uh, Ron Rivera. I, I might have been saying Frank Reich. Got that confused. Uh, Ron Rivera. Got my Panthers, right? Head coaches confused. Uh, Matt Rule mixed in there. Um, Ron Rivera uh, has been been talking about Sam Howell and saying, don't sleep on Jacoby until this week, right? So it's been at least in, in name an open conversation. Um 
now he kind of knows as long as he doesn't completely wet the bed, he's still going to start week one. I don't know if that'll be empowering and let him play loose and free and better, or if that'll be a little uh, like air out of the balloon, everything's going to be less exciting. For Sam, he should be comfortable playing in Howell's house. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and rename FedEx Field that right now. Because well, then, I was saying, they're trying to move out of Howell's house pretty quickly. Uh, well, you could name the new stadium <laughs> Howell's house if Sam Howell performs tonight. But, yeah, he should be comfortable. There's no stipulation against Sam Howell tonight. That's a WWE term. You're welcome, Josh Pate. There you go. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to number four. We are the four horsemen. I've said this about the Women's World Cup. I've said this about Olympics. I've said this about uh, pretty much everything. The uh, men's USA basketball is playing in some kind of world championships. Anytime you put USA on your, your uniform, I think it's pretty hard not to get into it, not to be excited about it as a sports fan. Uh, the Ryder Cup is a golf event uh, where the best golfers in the world in Europe and the best golfers in the world from America uh, face off, and it gets pretty serious. It's very exciting. If you are a uh, somebody who's not a golf fan but you want to get into golf, I say the Ryder Cup is the best on-ramp to being a golf fan because it feels more like a quote-unquote regular sport, but also there's 0% chance you watch an entire uh, Ryder Cup and don't walk away with like three guys who you love, like they're your, you're a fan of, and three guys who you hate. It's just, it's it, it pins people against each other in that way. So I'd say watch the Ryder Cup. Uh, now, throwing USA on your chest in golf right now, like on your, your uniform, is way more complicated now than it was, heck, two, three, four years ago. Because the whole live versus PGA thing has ignited rivalries and made people take moral stands in a sport where you used to be able to just play golf. Right now, it's everybody's got to have a moral compass. Everybody's got to be okay with this or not okay with this or even angry that some are not okay with this. And, and, and it, it becomes more interesting. Now, Zach Johnson is the captain of the Ryder Cup for the United States, which means there are six players. That it's a 12-person 12 12 team. There are six players that are auto-qualified based on points, a point system. Uh, and there are six that are captain's picks that Zach Johnson gets to pick. Up until this past weekend, Brooks Kepka was in on points based on how well he played just in uh, majors because live golf events don't matter in the point system. Now, what that would have done is it would have ripped the seal of live golf players off without Zach Johnson having to make that decision himself, right? It would have put Brooks Kepka, a live golfer, on the, the Ryder Cup team without anyone having to, to put their name next to the choice. Like, I chose to put this live golfer on the Ryder Cup team. This past weekend, during the BMW Championship, he fell out. Brooks Kepka is now seventh in points, and only the top six are auto-qualified. So now if any live golfers get in, it's going to be because Zach Johnson chose to put them in which is very, very interesting, right? Because there are people that are powerful that do not like live. There are people in the PGA world that have power that do not like live. I would guess they are calling up Zach Johnson and pressuring him to not put live golfers in. 
Now, Brooks Kepka especially is undoubtedly in big moments one of the 12 best American golfers on the planet. Holding him out would be a stance against Liv. And I'm not sure everyone wants to be making that stand. Even the PGA isn't making that whole stand right now. There's sponsorship partnerships at the highest level. It became much, much more more interesting the moment Brooks Kepka fell out of that top six. Because once one gets in, what's two, right? Once Brooks is in automatically, why keep out Dustin Johnson? Or why keep out Bryson DeChambeau if you think they're the best American golfers? There's already a live golfer on the team, but now there's not. And I'm, I'm, I like, I'm really, you know, who I feel bad for is Zach Johnson because being a Ryder cup captain is one of the greatest honors a, a country can bestow on a golfer, right? The United States saying you are a Ryder cup captain is, I mean, it's like going into the hall of fame in other sports. It's like going in the ring of honor in other sports. It's a huge, huge deal. And It's like, oh, great, you're the Ryder Cup captain. Here's one of the more difficult decisions that has ever been made in golf. Uh, Good luck. Your name will be attached to this decision for the rest of your career, just like your uh, Open Championship and Masters wins and all those sorts of things. Have at it, buddy. Ooh, really? That's that's where I'm at right now? Can I go? How about about this? Uh, How about I host the next Ryder Cup? I'm the next Ryder Cup captain. Uh, Maybe I'll... We pass this one to someone else. Tiger want it. No one will get mad at Tiger. People will get mad at me. I'm Zach Johnson. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I think it's hard to keep off Brooks. I think it's hard to keep him off. He's he's very, very good. I'm competitive, so I'd probably, I'd probably lean on I'd rather be the Ryder Cup captain that wins than I would be the one that took a moral stand. So you can you can deduce that what, what you may. Number three. One, two, three. Number three on the starting five brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, Daniel Jones played against the Panthers on Friday. It looked good. Real good. Duke Duke football should be pleased. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to use a, uh, a f- former commander's quarterback in this example. Uh, earlier in my career, I, I covered Old Dominion Athletics. Taylor Heineke went to Old Dominion. There you go. And... Uh, that they, meaning the coach, the athletic director, anyone I talked to, used to say every game Taylor Heineke started for the Commanders was like a three-hour infomercial for ODU. Daniel Jones, using that same logic, every time he starts a game for the Giants, it's like a three-hour infomercial for Duke, right? It's it's another chance to recruit. It's another reason to reach out to recruits. I talk about that often in recruiting. Um, and, and what I mean is part of the battle with recruiting is just finding reasons to reach out to all of the recruits you want to talk to. Like, it's weird if you're just an assistant coach and you're just, hey, how's it going? Just checking in. Yeah. But it's much easier. Or like even a handwritten note. Like, hey, I'm just writing you to let you know we're still thinking about you. That's a weird thing to write. But if you can text them and say, hey, did you see Daniel Jones? One of our prized alumni had a gigantic game on Sunday. Or, hey, make sure you tune into Monday Night Football where Daniel Jones is starting for the Giants and he's going to uh, you know, duel with Aaron Rodgers or whatever it is, right? I don't know their schedule. That's another reason for Duke to reach out to their recruits. That's another thing to say where it feels like you're not just 
coming up with a reason, right? You're not just like, hey, I was in the neighborhood. You're like, hey, this happened, right? And, and you know, heck, use Jamison Crowder and anyone else you can. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson, like, use, use them all. But it's big for Duke when, when someone like Daniel Jones looks crazy po- uh, polished, when they, they look like they're not only going to be a starting quarterback for this little four-year, $160 million extension he signed, but he might end up being the Eli Manning that he replaced and, and there for 12, 12, uh, you know, 12 years, whatever Manning ended up being there. Here's Frank Reich on that first drive that the, the Giants had, which, by the way, was the only drive Daniel Jones was in for. I, I just thought, you know, they executed on a very high level on that first drive. I mean, it was a good, good play calling, good execution. You know, I thought Jones looked sharp. Um, I thought they kept us on our heels a little bit. So it was a good first drive by them. Kept them on their heels. Didn't it feel like Daniel Jones was on his heels for the first three years of his career? Yeah. He was always like playing defense against the naysayers and playing defense against the, the uh, New York media. And it was, it was always like he was ah, 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 stumbling back. Now he's got someone else on their heels. And, I mean, it's the preseason, but, hey, last year they made the playoffs. Oh, I mean, there's more I want when, – when the Giants gave Daniel Jones that big contract, they weren't just saying we hope he plays as well as he played last year. They were making a bet that he's going to play much better than he played last year. 15 touchdown passes is not going to get it done. Granted, it did come with 700 rushing yards and a few other things, but uh, he needs to step up. And he looked like he was poised and ready to step up on that series. He needs to not depend on Saquon Barkley so much. When they get to a must-win game, they should not have to give Saquon Barkley the ball 30, 35 times. Uh, when when he's ready to explode, he almost needs to look at Saquon and go, I got this. We haven't quite seen that yet. But if he does, there's going to be a lot of three-hour infomercials for Duke football over the next 10 years because he's going to be in the biggest media market in in, in the country uh, as one of two starting quarterbacks dueling with a guy you may have heard of, Aaron Rodgers, for for eyeballs. Oh, I'd love that. I mean, that's that's where he is right now, right? It's it's, it's no longer a surprise that he's, you know, going to be talked about a lot because he's playing quarterback in New York. It also puts pride not just back in Duke football's football's, football's program – but it also puts pride back here in the triangle mm-hmm. as far as, hey, that guy played right down the road here, and now he's going toe-for-toe with one of the biggest names in sports media right now in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, up in New York. It is seen as um, – uh, let, let me think of how to, how to, to word this. I, I always think it's cooler to see athletes that go on to be great before everyone else knew they were going to be a great. Right? Like, I, I – uh, when I was growing up in New Jersey, we used to go to the Trenton Thunder minor league baseball. And I really liked a player because he had a name that I, as like a five-year-old I thought was funny. Nomar Garcia Parra. Right? Then he ends right, because that's like a four or five-year-old, Nomar Garcia Parra. Ha ha ha. Then then he ends up with the Red Sox, and I'm like, oh, I knew him, you know, when I was four. Uh, and that was cool. Uh those types of things are I think more exciting almost than seeing them, you know, go that. Uh, a whole bunch of people saw Nomar play shortstop for the Red Sox. You know what I mean? I saw him for the Trenton Thunder. I feel you. Joey, Wim, Joey Weimer for me, former Carolina Mudcat, now having a breakout season for the Milwaukee Brewers. That stuff is is cool, right? So 
Yeah. If you, if you went to a Duke football game, maybe it wasn't the hottest ticket in town, but you saw Daniel Jones, and now he's looking pretty darn good in the NFL. Uh, let's get to number two. Just the two of us. It's week zero in college football. Yes. Let's go. We, we were talking about this kind of as a station in a meeting. We need a better better name than week zero, but that's the best we got for now. I, I, I mean, Dennis came up with a good one. Cold. The cold open. Cold the open. season's cold open works. I mean, this fits just for states as they play in 10 days, but you could do Zero Dark Thursday for them. For for But that, they're see, they're week one. Yeah, they were technically week one. They're, they're, they're not week zero. The week zero is the seven games with the premier being – uh, USC is going to play, I believe, San Jose State. Uh, there's there's Notre Dame and Navy in Ireland, uh, 2.30. That's kind of the, the season kickoff. Um, Vanderbilt, Hawaii, kind of a little bit more exciting. UMass plays. Uh, do you know what's going to frustrate me, though? The Actually, <laughs> let me go ahead and, uh, and make sure I'm getting this right. The premier ESPN game. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> The ESPN primetime, not premier. The ESPN primetime game is UMass, New Mexico State. Meanwhile, you'll need Pac-12 Network to watch the sixth-ranked team in the country, USC. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Help, help me make that. Help me make sense of that. UMass, New Mexico State, or Caleb Williams, the returning, defending, and current favorite for this year's. Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, do you think it has anything to do with we're going to get a lot more airtime for USC this season than just a game against? All anybody tells me is every decision made in college sports is about television rights and media rights and who's going to bring the most eyeballs. I can tell you right now, Notre Dame Navy and USC, uh, I believe San Jose State, are going to be the two games everybody wants to watch because they're the two games with national brands and they're the two games with ranked opponents. I don't want to have to go find the Pac-12 network. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. The the, You know, I've, I've made this joke before, and it's not mine. I'm not the first to make it. But do you think somehow, some way, we could get all of the streaming services and maybe put them into one big bundle and then make them for like, you know, one round price might be a little higher than most of the streaming services, but I'd pay a little more to have them all in one place. And then, you know, let's get crazy and get it. So I don't know, they're in like some kind of order so I can just click up and down and search through them all. And, and then can we just get the streaming services put together like cable used to be the network. Can I just go up and like channels, maybe some kind of guide where I can sort through them all up and down and then pick the one I want to watch. That way, if UMass New Mexico State's on ABC or whatever it is, and and I can just go deep, 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 down, 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 down. Oh, there's the USC game. Perfect. That hard? Is it that hard? But we will have real active, actually matters college football this weekend. Losses will matter. Like the preseason where... Everything's made up and the points don't matter. It's actually real live football in college this weekend. Let's get to number one. The one! 
Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. The Panthers' offensive line has me struggled, has me frustrated, has me struggling, I should say. Flabbergasted. Has me me despondent. Through through two games with Bryce Young as their quarterback in the preseason, the offensive line is frustrating. And I say that because physical errors are going to happen, right? I'm actually going to – like Bradley Bozeman a few times – just got lit up by Dexter Lawrence, meaning the the Panthers center just got lit up by the Giants defensive tackle and and pushed back and caused chaos and the pocket collapsed. I'm not that's not frustrating. Like it's frustrating, but it's not nearly as bad to me as what's happened in other situations where Ikea Kwanu comes comes down as if he thinks somebody else is going to block Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I mean, left tackle crashes down to help the guard as if someone else is going to block the defensive end, and then nobody touches the defensive end, and he gets a free shot on Bryce Young. That feels like it could have been fixed, right? If you just get beat, you just get beat. You tip your cap to the other team. You tip your cap to the other player and say, good work. Right. If if Dexter Lawrence runs through one of your interior offensive linemen and, and gets to the quarterback, but he goes right through their chest. Good on you, Dexter Lawrence. Right. He was one one time, what, the highest ranked recruit in North Carolina history when he when he lived here, something along those lines. Uh, right. You tip your cap, you say good job. But when you mess up your assignments, when you mess up your calls, when you mishear somebody trying to communicate with you uh, the play, when that happens and your quarterback's getting hit, it is the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, to me, Bozeman sort of gets a pass going up against Lawrence just because it kind of reminds me of last year in the Panthers' season opener where Iggy Kwanu and his first start as a rookie going up against Miles Garrett. Very similar. It's like if you know where you're supposed to be, and you're trying Chuba Hubbard. I'm gonna give Chuba Hubbard this this uh, gold star, right? Now I know he ended up getting hurt. You can go find a whole bunch of videos on social media right now of Chuba Hubbard, the running back, who's getting a lot more op- or was getting before he got hurt a lot more opportunities because Miles Sanders has been held out. S- he's been stepping up in pass protection, finding the unblocked linebacker, putting his his face mask into the chest of that linebacker, and just getting run over, right? Now, A, not great. You'd like for him to dig his heels in and be a little bit more of an immovable object. You'd like to see him block a little bit better. Uh, B, sometimes all it takes to give the quarterback enough time to get rid of the ball is to literally be a speed bump, right? If they have to run you over, that might slow him down enough for your quarterback to get the ball off. So be a speed bump. Three, I respect you for knowing where you're supposed to be, not being afraid of contact, throwing your body around, and doing your best. If if, if that's what we have to live with, that's what we have to live with. But that's 100% better than not knowing where you're supposed to go, mishearing an assignment, getting something wrong, and, and, and not even being there to be the speed bump. 
right? It's it's the whole, uh, you know, if you're running the play correctly and, and you're trying hard, I'm not going to be mad at you. I might have to bench you if there's someone else that can do the job better, but I'm not going to be mad at you. If If you're getting things wrong, right, if the play isn't being executed the way it needs to be, I will be mad at you, right? All of the, like, you, you've seen Brady grabbing face masks, uh, Peyton Manning yelling at people on the sideline. You've seen all of that. I almost guarantee you that's not, uh, like, on a dropped pass, right? Unless those players thought that they could have, I mean, those quarterbacks thought that the receiver could have gotten two hands on the ball, but they were reaching out with one to be a highlight guy. Then that's that the, that physical error becomes a mental error, right? Like like the mental errors are the part that are really, really concerning and really, really frustrating, and the Panthers' offensive line has had a lot of them. Jeff Saturday not bla- not blocking for Peyton Manning. <laughs> Classic. Now, I don't think Bryce Young's going to go up to Iki Iguanu and, and yell at him or hey, Chandler Zavala, but... If, if, if Bryce Young tells them to to get into a pass protection and they do it incorrectly and he gets hit, I would have no problem with him getting in their face. None. None whatsoever. Now, there that comes with a responsibility, right? Bryce Young can't go messing up his like he can't be making huge uh, you know, missed assignments and bad decisions if you're going to be that guy. But it doesn't appear as if he's done a whole bunch of of bad bad decision making. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Matter of fact, I might even like it. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. Wake Med Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.